You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say... Yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis, as always. Trav, how you doing? Uh, I just had a, yeah... I just, a great, I just had a great walk across the battle space. What was that noise that you was made? Me, that was me viscerally <laughs> reacting to everything. That just kind of that is the sound of me crashing in a car in my brain. That's great. Of course, by battle space he means peaceful protests that have been happening all over Brooklyn and in New York as well. We're going to talk about who are these new law enforcement officers that we're seeing on the streets here a little bit later on in the episode. Extremely interesting. The amount of different police officers, the amount of different security officers, the amount of different agencies that have their own militia. <laughs> Literally in Washington, D.C., you can cross the street and be dealing with an entirely different uh, wing of the Justice yeah. Department then you would be on the other side of the street. It's, it's fascinating. We're going to talk about that. It's like that. discovering a new species of butterfly. It really is. First, good news. Uh, obviously, Derek Chauvin was arrested. He was initially charged with third-degree murder. Now that has been bumped up. Keith Ellison in Minneapolis, he's still there. Yeah. Had some scandals in his own right. Nonetheless, he's in charge of this and doing some good work, so I'll take my... Hat off to him. Derek Chauvin has now been charged with second-degree murder. They also arrested the three other officers who participated in the murder of George Floyd. That is Tautu, Thomas Lane, and Alexander Kang. I believe I'm saying that right. They are looking at a total of 40 years each uh, if they are convicted, if they uh, manage to get through a jury trial, and we find that conclusion to be guilty, guilty, guilty. We have a lot to talk about this week, specifically when it comes to the reaction from the conservative right. When it comes to defaming the name of George Floyd, I want to talk about that, their current tactics. We've seen it before. They did the same thing with Philando Castile, the man who was also shot in Minneapolis. His daughter was in the backseat. His girlfriend was driving. He bled out to death on Facebook Live because it's not just to watch Mark Zuckerberg cook his meats. Right. It's also to watch the police murder 
unarmed civilians. In his case, he was a community worker, someone who took care of a lot of people and someone who is still greatly missed in the Minneapolis community. When we talk about Philando Castile, they said, well, yes, he was shot. Yes, he was killed. Yes, he was complying. But did you know he smoked marijuana? And now what the conservatives are doing with George Floyd, similar character assassination. We see this over and over and over and over again. It is disgusting. What they're doing with George Floyd is apparently he has a porno. And maybe I stumbled upon it on Pornhub. I'm not going to say I didn't. Okay. It did show up on the front page. He's getting some good hits. The audacity of people like Candace Owens, the audacity of people like Glenn Beck to criticize this man's life, to say, eh, you know, yeah, he was killed. He was he was unarmed. But, you know, he also had sex on camera. This is what I will tell every single conservative who has that thought. Look at your daughter's phone. Look at your daughter's phone. You, all of a sudden, I think you're going to have a different opinion of what sex on camera looks like. Because I hate to break it to you, your boys and your girls, they've been sexting since they were 12. All right, so the idea that somehow this rationalizes a man being murdered by an officer kneeling on his neck as he pleads, pleads for his life. This does not rationalize that at all, unless you also believe if your daughter was murdered in the exact same fashion, it would rationalize her death because she made a porno. I actually have not seen this. I have. I mean, I have not. Uh, I was not even aware that this is. This is all extremely breaking news to me that he had a porno, and I guess that is that's amazing to me because that if you are harping on this aspect of this man's life, yes, congratulations because you are like you are so left behind right now. The idea that this this protest is even about George Floyd at this point, like it it is transcending that one human life. Yeah, uh, we it is it is sparking conversations about so many different aspects of people being crushed under the boot heel of capitalism and uh, of police brutality. This, if you are thinking that that is the way to like save your. Uh, political side of this congratulations because you're you're just left in the dust well you just you've just become a whole nother kind of scumbag somehow the um the dirt that began your political career it's going downhill it's collecting more and more trash and you truly have become just that a garbage person that is a fact when it comes to people trying to rationalize or demean the life of someone who is now deceased how can you look at i mean this whole past week which feels like a blur i mean the song uh blurry by puddle of mud oh of course i think of that song every single day because nothing i like to think about so blurry first of all puddle of mud sounds like you've just taken a liquid shit in the middle of the street because you just had a bad applebee's appetizer i don't like the term i don't like the name of the band i have nothing wrong with them personally but you know what I'm a little too tough for yeah. that whiny tune. That's about uh, losing his daughter in a custody battle. God damn it. So All maybe, right, Travis. Maybe, now I'm sad. Maybe, maybe give him a little bit of All due. All right, uh, fine. But... Jeez, don't lay, don't lay me with the fact that the song is about losing his daughter no, in no. a custody <laughs> battle. Jeez. Now I, it, feel, now I feel like Glenn Beck. But how, how can you look at the hours and hours of live police brutality that is happening on our streets in all these cities yes. and your first thought is 
well, the guy who died uh, did the same thing that Lexington Steele does. Exactly. Of course, this is just people trying to rationalize or try to make people less sensitive to the footage that they saw. That it is all that this is. Classic character assassination. As Travis mentioned, and uh, just after this, I want to talk about what's going on in Buffalo right now. But after this, I want to... uh, I'm going to talk to some white folks just in general about how we can protest, how we can help, how we can be allies and what we should not be doing as well. Um, So let's go to Buffalo, New York. I'm sure many of you saw this footage. A 75 year old man, bulky 75 year old man, dangerous 75 year old man, a man with with chemotherapy, with chemo running through his veins. Well, that's dangerous stuff, dangerous stuff. He has cancer. And, you know, that that means he's toxic and he's scary. Two officers saw a 75 year old man. This man is a uh, is a um, prominent activist, peaceful activist. Yes. They saw him being the tough guys that they are. They said, no way will we let this toxin-fueled 75-year-old menace get in our way. Knocked him over, cracked open his skull, he's bleeding on the concrete, the officers goose-step goose right step over, over. Yeah, And the, the, there's no... There's no video or framing trick here at play. You look at this video. <laughs> There's no cuts. <laughs> There's no. This is much like a porno. He, there are not a lot of cuts. This man is, by the way, a little bit of a, if, you, if you've if you watched it as many, I mean, I just watched it over and over again because I just couldn't really believe something about it. Just of all the videos, it's the one that made me feel viscerally ill. You are going to end up in a dark room holding a grenade in, in your mouth as I knock I, on I've, the door and be like, Travis, please come out of this room. You I, have to watch just watch a little just watch watch a little shark tank yeah just to break it up i mean honestly i've hit backspace on so many tweets over the past week just being like oh i I have to hold myself i can't say some things that i really want to say right Right. now um it's the irony of being a public figure you You look at talk as much sometimes you know something that you see in this video is that the man is returning a riot helmet to the police (sighs) officer that's what he was doing that's why he was approaching them he was he was returning a riot helmet and also another thing about this video is you have this kind of wide frame and you see as far as the eye can see police officers in riot gear there's one one protester so-called protester this peace peaceful rights activist 75 years old he weighs looks to be less than mr burns after dehydrating in a sauna for a few hours he is pushed over and then Blood just is spilling out of his head. It is visibly, and then one moment of humanity, a police officer's no, almost, no, 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 almost going to bend down and help him, and another police officer says, "No, remember, we're we're fucking stormtroopers." That's right. He gave he, the the one man, the one officer, whoever you are, you could have been a hero. You should have stood your ground, but instead, you got rejected. Uh, like Dikembe Mutombo, you got the the finger wave in your face as you were told, leave him on the ground and hopefully he dies. I mean, honestly, this video, it it, it feels like a city is being occupied by an army. Oh, wait, it feels like, it almost feels, yeah, it feels as if that's true. It, this These are not, poli- like, these are not community police. These th- no. This is just a, a an army invading and occupying and, uh, and soon they'll be asking to sleep in your fucking bunk bed which would be a violation of our constitutional i believe third amendment um the irony is this takes place in buffalo 
Not a lot's going on in Buffalo. As a matter of fact, Roundtable of Gentlemen, we just celebrated our 10-year anniversary, which I can't believe that's... Uh, can't believe how much time it's gone uh, has gone by. R.I.P. Bird Luger, we love you for life. Um, we covered a story about the Buffalo PD. It was overrun with raccoons because they had so <laughs> few officers. This is true. And this is about four years ago. It was overrun with raccoons. They couldn't get a they couldn't get a stranglehold on them because they didn't have enough officers. And now all of a sudden we're looking at uh, what a few years of militarization can do. So you might think. You're a member of the Buffalo Police. You see this video, maybe in real time. I'm going to be so courteous and give you the benefit of the doubt. Maybe you don't really know. Maybe you're just looking straight forward, you know, trying to find anyone who's pro- protesting outside of the, of, of what is it, Duke's, Duke's Wings or whatever the hell it's called. You watch the video. You think you might have a change of heart. But no. Instead, all 57 members of the Buffalo Police Department's emergency response team. Again, when you think emergency response, I think there's a kitten stuck up in the tree. Maybe somebody could help. I don't think, as as Travis alluded to, stormtroopers. Yes. But that's their emergency response team's apparel. All 57 members decided to resign from the unit after two officers were suspended. So when we talk about the blue wall, when we talk about... Uh, the silence, the complicity that these officers have, the uh, how complicit and how nefarious and systematic this kind of action is, look no further than the fact 75-year-old man was pushed, pushed down, bleeding from the head, he was not aggressive, and in solidarity with the two officers that were just suspended. Yes. They were, and suspended with pay, which some people... Call a vacation. Yes. <laughs> 57 decided yes. to resign. Instead of acknowledging that it was wrong to push down a man dying of cancer who was returning a helmet to <sighs> one of your officers, they all they all said, no, that was the right way to go. I believe that Canadians apologize too much. I have always said this about the Canadians. They're not sorry when they say they're sorry. Yes. But we could take 30% of their apologies. If And then Canada would be better, too. So in Canada, you cut down 30% on saying the word sorry. We will pick up the slack and we will apologize a little bit more. Sure. Because this looks like a situation that would be fairly easy to maybe gain a little bit of public trust back instead of validating people's concern and belief that all of the police are in it against us. You know, this past week, uh, de Blasio and, uh, and Cuomo have been either waffling on the idea that police police brutality even exists or defending the police outright. De Blasio is one, he is maybe the most disappointing politician I have ever seen. I voted for him the first time. I did not vote for him the second time. Um, the man ran on a policy of pre-K, yes. which still does not exist. And a lot of the people or a lot of the places that do exist that offer pre-K education are full of lead which is true. We have a massive lead crisis in New York City. He also ran, as Travis uh, alluded to, on criminal justice reform. He has a black wife. Obviously, his children are black as well. Uh, Dante was his son. Go with the fro was the cute catchphrase from 2012. Again, he had an afro. If he was Irish, that would have been something special. But it was it was good. But white people were really enamored with it, um, which was strange to say the least. But now de Blasio is coming across as a regular 
make America great again Trumper as far as his reaction to the place. Oh, I, I, I almost wish he would be like pick a pick a lane because pick what one. he's doing on you know you watch him on Twitter it seems like this is a very confused old man in a nightgown and a sleeping cap walking around New York City at night and just observing the brutality that's happening against his own citizens. Absolutely. He's just he is a he is a silent observer of it and not actually participating in what is a crackdown on New Yorkers across the city. We have the curfew starting at 8 p.m. a total violation of our first amendment rights. We are allowed to gather we are allowed to protest they completely wiped out our first amendment rights by putting in this 8 p.m curfew yeah. so the- so 750 at 759 you have um you know police officers saving cats from trees and then at eight o'clock you have the same cops curb stomping young young people and activists who Absolutely. are largely peaceful well i read one story and i believe it to be true of a woman who was out to get tampons i believe it was around 9 30 uh, she was detained for a total of 14 hours she was arrested for being out past curfew she told the officer you know i'm out here to get some tampons i'm really not in the mood uh, to be detained at this point i would assume she was thinking nonetheless the officer told her my wife and my uh, i believe he said my wife and my sister know when their periods are coming so that's not an excuse right she was detained for 14 hours on her period i'm assuming she did not get uh proper care right well being detained I can so see, you can imagine the nightmare I can see the New York Post headline like woman spills blood uh, detained detained for 14 hours it writes itself it writes itself so this is according to Bill de Blasio uh, talking about the crowds uh, he says who have attacked police again there are some um, outside instigators there are some people who do instigate and that is true okay I will give you that I have also seen the majority of instigation as we saw when Donald Trump went to St. John's Church to hold a Bible upside down, it was a peaceful protest. Officers began uh, firing rubber bullets at this very diverse group of protesters. There was no warning. There was no reason for it to happen. Tear gas. Tear gas. You name it. Absolutely horrible violation, again, of our constitutional rights. I have seen much more of that than vice versa. I believe that officers are escalating the violence. You can look no further than what we've seen than what we have seen when it comes to the brick stacks, which we're going to talk about here in a second after I do this quote from de Blasio. So this is what de Blasio had to say regarding the crowds attacking police. He says, quote, we're going to beat it back. This is nice, nice, right. nice verbiage. We're going to beat it back. We will not tolerate violence of any kind. We will not tolerate attacks on police officers. We will not tolerate hatred being created. Isn't that interesting how the protesters who are protesting the death of unarmed innocent civilians or uh, civilians who have not yet been found guilty, so the presumption is of innocence, isn't that something that that is what's creating hatred? Yeah. Not the the thing that started the protests to begin with. They know what they're doing. They know that when they amass a wall of police officers carrying riot gear, carrying military-grade equipment, they know that they put people on edge. And that any any person who is even slightly predisposed to defending themselves is put in a position where they see faceless men with weapons surrounding them in an otherwise peaceful protest. You are agitating. You are agitating. Well, all I know is Kendall Jenner has a whole case of Pepsi coming. And I think she's going to save the day. I think it's going to happen. To that point, Travis... You dress for the job that you want. Yeah, I Apparently guess so. you want to be in war, so you dress as if war 
is one of the funny inevitable. one of the funnier things on Twitter is seeing um, police departments across the country use their Twitter accounts and uh, they will post pictures of the things, the items, the objects that were thrown at them <gasps> the previous night. And uh, one of the images from Portland PD was uh, a half-eaten apple. Oh my god! A, uh, a an empty can of what was that? What's that seltzer beer? The uh, oyster or something? Oyster Bay, something like this. I don't know. Uh, and uh, like a broken umbrella. Uh, well, those could not get a substitute teacher. I mean, a, a half-eaten apple—that is a danger zone because you also have to keep in mind the person who threw it's also half-nourished. Yes, that's so right. they're more dangerous than ever, it, it, it and honestly, they won't need a doctor anytime look, it, soon because really an apple does, a day. It, it looks like the the police are being attacked by the little people from the borrowers. Like, <laughs> I, if that's the case, I mean, that's pretty freaky. It's literally, it is literally small amounts of trash. <laughs> yes. De Blasio goes on to say, an attack on police officers is an, is an attack on all of us, pure and simple. To that, I would say, an attack by police officers on any of us is an attack on any of us. He goes on to say, the majority, the overwhelming majority of our officers are standing up for us every single day, protecting us every single day. They need our respect and support right now. Of course, the ultimate irony of all of this is that de Blasio and the police union, they've been two bickering Susans for a long time, but apparently they've bonded over the love of watching citizens be forced to go home at 8 p.m. I think a little bit of it is that de Blasio tried to tangle with the police unions and he saw the what it, what it feels like to uh, experience their wrath because he tried to, uh, tried to go against stop and frisk for maybe a year that was a joke and then it was he i think he was um pretty much soundly defeated by the police unions well and of course as we saw with the pandemic response when it comes to uh the shutdown the lockdown the quarantine as we talked about uh, what was this five weeks ago six weeks ago 90 percent of the stops were black and brown people yeah that's stop and frisk that is it in a different form you can call it whatever you want you can you can rebrand it but we all know it. For We all know what it is. For example, I believe Bud Light Platinum is just uh, Bud Light. Ooh, what was, what was it? Bud Light. God damn it. Bud Light Platinum has just be, It was just Bud Light. Oh, Co- now I'm blanking on it. Uh, 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 like like original Coke or what? what is no, it? no. There was a Bud Light. Now I'm just totally off track. God damn it. Now I'm thinking about Bud Light. All what, right. What about an alcoholic surge? Sure. Okay. Why not? <laughs> I'm just. I thought we we're spitballing marketing ideas here. No, okay. no. Bud Light Platinum. There was another Bud Light that came out that totally sucked, and they just rebranded it as Bud Light Platinum. And I'm forgetting what that Bud Light was. Uh, and now Co- the audience is turning turning off the show. Uh, was, we're losing everybody. Oh my god! It was Coors Light. Oh my. Leave it alone. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. 
If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. Anyway, you can rebrand it. You can call it whatever you want. If the actions are stopping black and brown people more than you're stopping white and Asian people, then you, my friend, are participating in stop and frisk. Call it quarantine checks. Call it stop and sniff. I don't give a crap what you call it. That's what it is. And de Blasio has no leg to stand on. But I will just to there is, I think, a bigger point to be made. The little amount of local and state officials denouncing police violence the little that there is right is being ignored by police overall i think so now we have the conversation that's going on and um this is this is where people they kind of jump the shark a little bit so now we're talking about funding now police god knows they have huge budgets as a matter of fact we'll just focus on the lapd right now so the chief they currently have an ambitious $150 million in budget cuts for the police. Uh, the mayor proceeded to announce $250 million in cuts to the proposed budget and to reallocate those dollars to communities of color. So, quote, so we can invest in jobs, in education, and in healing. Commission President Eileen Decker then announced that $100 million to $150 million of those cuts would come from the police department budget uh, LA City Council President Nuri Martinez made official Wednesday made it official Wednesday by introducing a motion to cut LAPD funding this is the quote as we reset our priorities in the wake of the murder of George Floyd this is just one small step we cannot talk about change we have to talk about we have to be about change There are good things that come with this if they can allocate those funds in the proper way, if they can focus on education, if they can focus on fixing the roads, fixing the streets, um, getting property values back up. If they can do that, I think that is absolutely wonderful. We also have a situation where hashtag defund the police um, or hashtag abolish the police. This is where it gets uh, a little bit iffy, right? When it comes to like abolish the police. Well, this, sure. You know, this is where people on the right will say these people have lost their minds just because it fits into a hashtag doesn't necessarily mean that you need to tweet it. Specifically, the abolish the police. Abolish police is probably well, a, a, it's you know it, we've been it's doing unrealistic. A, we've been doing a true crime show for nine years. And sometimes there are serial killers out there. Sometimes there are serial rapists out there. We had a situation in the wake of Me Too where police were not doing enough when it comes to rape kits, when it comes to all of the um, understaffed agencies that should be working on very important things, such as after a woman is raped, she goes to the hospital, she does basically gets raped all over again, uh, goes through everything to get the kit filled out, it is a total miscarriage of justice for her not to have that tested. Yes. So if they can take some of this money, reallocate it from getting Hummers, from getting, uh, you know, uh, MRAVs, from getting, um, you know, military machinery. If they can stop getting the military machinery, stop buying that stuff and reallocate these funds into community placing and into getting uh, things like things like rape kits tested. I think that's a very good thing. But let's remember, we need to the police can be a force for good, we just need to 
have leadership that directs them in that way. Well, okay, abolish is unrealistic. It's it's crazily optimistic given our, the circumstances in our country right but now. But reallocate the funds but, of the police doesn't make a good hashtag. But de- I mean, but defunding the police. That is very realistic and it is very necessary. Because if that money goes into the proper resources. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you have to reinvest. That's what that's what defund the police is all about is divesting funds and putting right. it back into community, put sure. it back into education, put it put it towards mental health. Um, but let me just give you some uh, some fun police funding data here. Okay. From, uh, so the federal budget for police in 1977, $42 billion. Oh, seems like a lot. Seems like, yeah, seems like a lot. And yeah. uh, the number of violent crimes in 1977, 1 million. Okay. Right? Okay. Uh, so then let's skip ahead to 2017. So where, it where, was $46 billion in 1977? $42 billion in 1977. $42 billion in 1977. Wow. Okay. And in, uh, let's just, 90, in 92, in the LA riots, Sure. So the federal the federal budget was sixty two billion, mm-hmm. right? Now I I I say LA riots because I just watched that National Geographic uh, documentary about the riots on mm. uh, on Netflix, and uh, so, something that jumped out to me in that documentary there are like in that documentary there are like nine police officers on the LA police department at the time in ninety mm. two there was actually like a surprisingly small number of officers and and that that was a part of the reason that things got uh, out of hand. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you skip ahead to 2017, the federal budget for police nationwide is $115 billion. Wow. So and we're 42 to 64. 42 to 64 to 115. Oh, and I, I mean, so we had a, we had 1 million violent crimes in 1977. So given the numbers, we must expect that violent crimes have like doubled or tripled, right? Right. In that amount of time, the violent crimes for 2017, 1.2 million. Interesting data. Thank you so much for so bringing that to the, uh, to our audience's what, attention, what, Travis. What accounts for that giant, giant uh, increase in well, if police you, budgets? I believe you said 2017. There is a correlation. The Obama administration, a little bit under the radar, and I think maybe I should have given him more praise for this, he did do uh, away with the 1033 program. Of course, that's where military surplus go, it can be bought and by local police precincts. Trump put that right back in place. So perhaps that has something to do um, with the funding. Perhaps that that definitely has something to do with how every cop in Buffalo has uh, riot gear, has war-like accessories. It is a a G.I. Joe doll that has every single accessory you want. It's a $15 purchase. It is uh, absolutely systemic what's going on right now in our police forces across the country and hey why wouldn't they act this way when they're getting more money with the 1033 program if they don't buy all the goodies in the magazine that they get sent to them which they do get sent literally magazines full of arms magazines full of things that can just really mess up a city block they get sent them as if you're a child going through uh, your WWF magazine. You go to the back pages and you're looking through the T-shirts that you want to buy. They get sent to them as if they are the most exciting, like, you know, car magazine you could yeah. possibly imagine. They circle what they want. And if they don't buy, if they don't 
spend all of the money that's allocated to them, then their budget is cut. There's no incentive for them not to spend. And what was interesting, you also mentioned the 92 L.A. riots. Obviously, we have the 93 crime bill coming up uh, right after that. That kind of sent a chill down my spine. I am a bit concerned that now we become more extreme. It seems as if the the reaction to police brutality is more brutality. Absolutely. And I feel, as we're seeing play out right in front of our eyes on the streets all over this country, I am extremely concerned that all we have after this is more police brutality, less restrictions, less rules on police, and I really hope that that side of this argument does not win because that's what the conservatives are pushing hard for right now. And Trump, that's why he needs to go because, uh, as Travis and I were talking about before the show, who the fuck cares what a mayor says? Yeah. If the these cops are listening to Trump, and I don't care if you're in Des Moines, I don't care if you're in Poughkeepsie, I don't care if you're in Butte, Montana. They're listening to Trump. What is yeah? What is a mayor except an empty suit that gets like a couple of well, years in office? Mayors are very important for local. I'm talking about from the police perspective. There yes. is there is with police there is continuity and there is sort of an ever present, ever increasing strength as we've seen in the numbers. And just in the budget alone, there is an ever increasing strength to the police brotherhood, the the thin blue line. Because they, it ain't that thin. I've seen them. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a continuity there that is not uh, seen in in mayorships or, or in governorships. I completely agree. So let's talk about something we spoke about a bit on Side Stories this week. And thank you so much for the great response to that episode. Uh, it's not the easiest conversation to have specifically on a show that is, you know. Mostly about cannibalism. <laughs> but uh, so thank you all so much for the for the support for that episode. Let's talk about these bait bricks. Let's talk about what we've seen. Cops unloading piles of bricks. And on that episode, I have, uh, I, you know, I think it was up for debate. I am officially now of the mind that, of course, they are. Yes. And I'm remembering, I was thinking about this yesterday, and I'm thinking, why wouldn't they be putting bricks out? Why wouldn't they be? <laughs> yeah. And then I remembered there was a television show called Bait Car. That's right. They've been doing this forever. When it comes to the umbrella man smashing the windows at the Home Depot or the AutoZone, that is a bait. That is what that is. And so why would we even assume that they wouldn't be doing this? This is what they do. Staging. You know, like... Staging. So... I was just telling you before the show, this Monday is the 33rd anniversary of Cops. The, the show, TV show. The TV show. Oh, my God. Give them, give them another Emmy. How many Emmys do they have? I'm going to find that they out. Actually, I think they have like 11. I'm going to find that out right now. They, uh, But imagine that. 33 years of turning police brutality into entertainment. It is literally the... It is Running Man. It is the Arnold Schwarzenegger vehicle Running Man. We have been entertained by watching poor people, both black and brown and white, uh, be destroyed by the cops. And of course, mostly they would station those cops in communities of color. If you don't think that police are like masters of staging and um, planting, and th- then you're delusional. All it's right, an entire an entire TV industry wing is built on it and you make a even scarier was what the emmys were that they were nominated for i have two four emmy nominations okay 
outstanding informational amazing series amazing. that is all for outstanding informational series and what you're watching is so biased yes and so not so sculpted so sculpted and so not what this country is but after 33 years who the hell can tell the difference live pd the uh the, oh, God. The, the, the dan abrams needs to he's one of these guys who is such a scumbag and you know when we talk we've we've talked about this about last podcast on the left yeah we we talk about murder we technically have made a living talking about some horrible things absolutely yeah and that's why we take it very seriously trying to we try to tell a story in a in a in a informative light that that doesn't that doesn't make it seem sensational yes we tell the truth to the best of our knowledge dan abrams if you watch live pd he commentates like it's a fucking basketball game. And if you're not familiar, so Live oh. PD is... And this is not... In, this is not... Please don't go watch... Watch 10 <laughs> minutes and turn it before they can get the ratings. Live, P, Live PD is kind of like the demonic prodigy of cops. Yes. It is, it, is, it is cops, but in a Hummer. It's like they souped it up because they realized the potential for this really ghoulish uh, form of entertainment. And now you have... So uh, communities across the country are constantly... like Community leaders are battling cities to get live PD out of their neighborhoods because wow. they because live PD obviously encourages racial profiling to a crazy degree. It's not about racial profiling. Uh, Travis, let me tell you this. It's about <laughs> casting. Yeah, that's we're right. We're casting. We're casting we a, a show. Cr- we need a criminal right out of central casting. Every single person arrested on live PD needs a credit. They need an IMBD. They need to like, or IMDB, whatever the hell it is. They need to get, they need to get a cut of the profits. You know what Live PD and cops does? Like I, that people, I do not think people are aware of this. The police are encouraged to harass uh, former former uh, people that were in prison, mm. and also to harass people that received misdemeanors. If you have a record, the police will search for you in the city to get new footage. They harass people. Wow. They go door to door to people they know that have criminal records, and they say, "Hey." Are you getting up to anything lately? Because we need some more footage. So you have people who so gross. you have former you have felons uh, that have, have been released and you know served their time. Dan Abrams is and, no uh, better. Dan Abrams is no better than the man who filmed bum fights. That but, is how bad this man is. And how do you file a restraining order against the police? Seriously, but uh, can anyone answer that? But, <laughs> how do you do that? But they they basically the police become paparazzi. For wow. uh, for criminals, uh, for former criminals, you know, people that have done their time that are right. now hounded, and unless they want to leave the city, if they want to leave town, they oh, are, yeah, with all that money they have, they now become yeah. inadvertently recurring characters on live PD. And of course, oftentimes they're not allowed to but, leave the so city. So here is a, I mean, a small sliver of light okay. uh, with this whole, you know, if we can think of, if we can think of the pandemic meeting this uprising and we, as sort of like walking through a portal, there is a lot of, there are a lot of small things that are happening that are actually good. Great. And one of those things is in Tulsa, uh, community leaders have been trying for years to get Life PD out, and to no avail. The city said, "Fuck you! This is amazing that we have a that we have a TV show here." Are you, are you kidding? Hold this on is Tulsa. a second. But that is how horny yes. people are. And when I say people, in this case, a city was for fame. Yes, they were like, "Well, at least they're talking about." At us. least they're talking. And I've been to Tulsa, man. There's nothing there except a, like, this is like being a contestant on fear factor being like at least i'll be on tv yeah i'm gonna have to shove a bunch of cockroaches up my asshole but i'm gonna be on tv and it's like but this is a much worse but, version but this is it yeah so 
for years, the community, the city said, absolutely not. We are, we are loving it, baby. We're Hollywood in Tulsa now. All uh, we need to do is harass a bunch of poor people into uh, committing crimes on film, uh, or not doing that and still committing or, and still claiming that they committed a crime. Geez. But uh, as of Monday, uh, you know, right when this, uh, right when this uprising started to kind of gain a, a head um, after George Floyd, uh, the city has expelled Live PD from Tulsa. Good. So community leaders finally uh, won that little tiny, tiny battle, that little victory because, Canceled, can- but again, on the back of uh, a, a dead, a dead person. Yeah. Uh, and all it took was a all it took was a national uprising to get these scumbags out of the city because the city wanted some like little tax credit or something. I've or- worked in reality television, and it is predatory it is horrible i remember i worked on a show called best funerals ever which was actually kind of funny uh, and macabre enough for me to enjoy um, but as i was at this production company they were casting a show called houston beauty school which i don't think ever aired and so i was in the process of finding potential contestants for this or um you know stars of this reality show and everyone that i liked they were like no 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 way too smart and the one that they did choose was this woman who found a dead bird on her stoop, who then go. held up the dead bird and, and named the dead bird and spoke to the dead bird for about 10 minutes. And they were like, gold, Jerry, it's gold. And I said, this is really bad. You have to be a person that is pitchable in an elevator. Dead bird lady, yes. I'm sold. Sold dead, in the room. Hey, you know what? I'm not against a TV show called Dead Bird Lady. I'll watch it right after Bait Car. But when it comes to cancel culture, it can be both good and bad. Cancel Live PD sounds good to me. Yeah, absolutely. Hashtag cancel Live PD will be the only cancel culture thing I will ever do because it's not a reality show. It is destroying communities, and there's nothing entertaining about that. So lastly, on this subject, before we get to who the hell these police officers are uh, or these uh, these officers are all across the country, who the hell is in charge out there? Who are we talking to when we are trying to discuss these issues with people in riot gear who is behind the mask we're going to get that uh, get to that in a second but i just want to talk about what white people can do and what we should not be doing when it comes to the black lives matters movement the last thing they need is more justification from the right that they are nothing more than vandals so if you're a white person um taking your spray paint cans and spray painting Black Lives Matters on buildings. What you're doing is not for the greater good. I know your heart might be in the right place, and I and I love you for that. But all that is going to do is continue to spread the narrative yes. um, that this group is just a bunch of vandals. Now, I'm only talking to the white people out there because I just want us to do this right, uh, because we are participating. And, and kudos to the diversity and the white folks out there protesting. This is this is the most diverse protest I have ever seen. Which is why it might be the most successful. Yeah, absolutely. We need everyone to come on board. But it is not our job. It is not our job to give fuel to certain groups in this country, specifically right-wing groups, it is not our job to add fuel to their narrative. And that is really what a lot of that stuff does. So please, be peaceful. Uh, Don't go tagging those sorts of things, BLM and stuff, because it reflects poorly on a movement. And we are, for lack of a better term, we're guests. 
Yeah. We're guests in this house and we're trying our best to to do what's right. We've been talking about criminal justice reform for years on this show and uh, last podcast on the left. So that is just my I know your heart's in the right place. But that is just one thing that I wanted to share, because the last thing we want to do is give fuel to a fire that my God is burning hot, 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 hot enough now to put a cross on the White House and light it ablaze. So we are dealing with more visceral hatred and anger from the right than I have ever seen. Yes. The cops are coming down harder than I have ever seen. The fact that we have a curfew in New York City and we have seen extremely, extremely low levels of violent protest, extremely low levels, is absurd. They are taking away our rights. And I just want us white people, and I'm speaking for white people because I am I'm King White. I watch. I'm excited for Shark Tank tomorrow. I'm, they're I'm, doing a marathon. I'm looking at you, buddy. Uh, they're doing. You are, a ma- you are King White. I am for King sure. White. I listen to Outlaw Country music. I will give. What was I that will, John Goodman movie where he was uh, King? King Ralph. King, you are King Ralph. I'll be King Ralph. Although I don't like to bowl, that's the only not white thing about me. Yeah. But that, that's just. I just wanted to put that out there. Just we. It's us. We need to be allies and we need to be supporters, but we don't need to be people who are going to negatively re- reflect the movement. And. I would also say if you can't put your body out at a protest, there are a lot of ways you can amplify, you know, you can put information out there, support the cause. Yes. Uh, I would say don't be uh, a weirdo. Maybe don't uh, start trying to like send money to people, to black friends that you haven't spoken to in two years. Uh, And you're you're doing like kind of... don't don't be like don't, don't do know. like a symbolic whoopee cushion. Ugh. You're you're so, embarrassing yourself by being a real weirdo. I have uh, you my, just have to the this is something that we should have been doing anyway. So maybe don't make it don't turn it into like this weird uh, performance. The reason that Travis said that I have a friend and she was telling me, uh, obviously African American black black friend of mine, she was like all of a sudden all these white women that I know started sending me money on Venmo and I'm like really and she's like what do I do with that I'm like I don't I guess you take it well, I don't freaking know I looked into it's it it's just very weird I looked into it this is not just an isolated incident people are doing this okay a lot and so you'll have like some you'll have like a a, a black person be like wow so this, this person I haven't spoke to in years hit me up and asked me for my PayPal and uh, they just started sending me money I don't know maybe maybe it is a nice thing I I just feel I feel it seems demeaning. It is demeaning. That's yeah, I think, what I, I feel. I feel like it's super condescending. And uh, that's what I think. There's a well. way to support the cause. If you cause. know someone is in need, please help them. Yes, Please sure. help them. My sure. God, of course. Why wouldn't you do that in the first place? Also, but obviously. don't try to solve racism with 15 no, bucks of somebody's Venmo. It doesn't. No. It's it's much bigger than that. So I, I agree. So those are just two notes as we are as People who are now maybe new um, to criminal justice reform and prison reform, which is a huge component of it that we didn't even touch on. We'll touch on that more next week. But maybe people are new to it. So I the road to hell, right? Even like the black box on on uh, social media, which just ended up oh, yes. black black um, walling the BLM movement uh, with the hashtag Black Lives Matter. If you did that, that is totally fine. Just erase the Black Lives Matter portion of it. We understand uh, that that was a uh, it was a quick knee jerk response um you you know but it's okay yeah no problem uh because your heart's in the right place yeah, it's and, all and well intentioned it's all well intentioned and that is all good
I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Anyway, but well, speaking of the black box thing, I want to tell you a little bit about an, an, an inverse thing that was happening, right? Yes. So the hashtag Black Lives Matter uh, thing was going on. Hashtag was blowing up on on Twitter, obviously on uh, Black Voices Tuesday or or whatever. I don't Blackout remember. Tuesday. Blackout I mean, Tuesday. The, the LPN network did that as well. Yes. Um, yes. Absolutely. Um, and I, of course, with all great intentions. Now the the counter. The, the the opposing force to that on the internet internet that day was a lot of people were also posting hashtag white lives matter and hashtag all lives matter now that would have been a like a pretty uh, that would that's a disgusting thing to be outright sort of uh attacking savaging this this uh well-meaning movement online but who stepped up to the plate and uh and basically like broke that whole hashtag were the k-pop Twitter stands on 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 Twitter. Uh, the people who love K-pop started hashtagging all of their K-pop gifts with all like BTS and everything with uh, hashtag White Lives Matter and All Lives Matter, and then also including what? captions that say uh, "Please do not be racist." It's, it, oh, so it was just a confusion. It was a confusion tactic to basically drown out this. It was like a uh, denial but of was service. Was the K-pop? Was that because of a language barrier? No, 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 no. Basically, somebody was asked in the K-pop stan community. Do you know? Do you know what I'm saying right now? I know a little bit of what you're saying. So the K-pop stan community. Yes. So there's a man named Stan no. who is a pedophile well, who actually, listens to young it, Japanese. It's boys. based on the Eminem, Eminem song. I love stan. the song. Um, no, so there's a. If you look up, if you go in the comment section of any Twitter post, you're going to see at least. By one. the way, this is your Bud Light moment for the day. I love it. I love it. I love that you, you look at anything on Twitter, and then if you if there's like uh, you know 200 comments below it, a thread, you're gonna find at least two or three people that are just posting gifs of Korean pop stars. You, have you not seen this? No, of course. I, I look at it every night. So these same people that stan BTS and all these other Korean pop stars, um, they basically took it upon themselves. To drown out this white lives matter, all lives matter hashtag, to defend the Black Lives Matter hashtag. I to see. To defend the sort of like the it's the sort an, of the sanctity of the day. The cerebral Instagram war. Honestly, yeah, but it, okay. it but it is a it was extremely uh impactful because it's such a huge number of uh young people or maybe older people too. Uh, you don't you never know who is a K pop stand these days. Uh-huh. Uh but 
they really did. They like did a, a DDoS uh, attack on the hashtag uh, White Lives Matter. It was great. All right. Um, well, let's talk about uh, a less cerebral war, a tangible war that's going on in the streets. And specifically, let's focus on, we'll just focus on Washington, D.C. for now. Um, so right now, there are 132,000 civilian law enforcement officers only about half of which come from one of the major brand agencies like the FBI, the ATF, the Secret Service, the DEA, and the CBP. Okay, so we're looking at, what What does that mean? What is that? 70-some thousand that belong to different agencies. So how many different um, policing agencies are there? Travis and I are just going to read all of them yeah. because the list is unbelievable. And again, this is not the FBI, the CIA, the DEA. This is who you are speaking with while you're yelling uh, at someone behind a face mask to please not be detained. So let's say you're in uh, you're you're at the National Mall, you're at Capitol Hill, you might come across different officers from different jurisdictions, including US Capitol Police, the Park Police. The National Gallery of Art Police. The Smithsonian Office of Protective Services. The Postal Office. Amtrak Police. The Bureau of Engraving and Printing Police. The Supreme Court Police. Hold on a second. The Bureau of Engraving and Printing Police. This is all true. When we saw what happened when Dumpy Dumpfuck went to go get his photo, photo up and hold the Bible upside down, this is possibly the people that were shooting the rubber bullets were possibly a part of the National Gallery of Art Police or the Bureau of Engraving and Printing Police. Absolutely insane. The Supreme Court Police, the Uniform Division of Secret Police, the Government Publishing Office Police, and the Department of Homeland Security's Federal Protective Service Police. That is how many different offices we have right now with people who are allowed to have armed militias. This is who we're dealing with. When we live in this country, we, we pretend we live in a country without secret police. And as we're seeing, no name badges, no name tags, no identification whatsoever. They're not telling us if they're the DEA, the FBI, the CIA. They're not telling us anything. They're not telling us if they're DC police, uh, Secret Service. We don't know jack on who these people are. And I've been listening to a lot of people saying, well, we don't have secret police in this country. And I'm like, then who are they? Who are those people? And why do they have so much power? Over the years, again, the road to hell has been paved with good intentions. For example, there's 150 agents that are allowed to investigate conservation crime. And this came about through the Tunas Convention Act of 1975. Literally, it's called Tunas because it's about... It's about uh, wildlife in the sea and it's about you know conservation now those officers have been completely alt their position and their job description has been completely altered to be riot police yeah we also have the halibut act of 1982 what's that about it's about fish. Okay. It's more, it's tuna. This is all about tuna and, it, and halibut, it's baby. A, a Fish Called Wanda Act. The Fish Called Wanda Act. Finding Nemo Act. So these organizations that were perhaps made for good reasons, uh, you know, protecting our wildlife, protecting our sea life, uh, making sure that, uh, you know, we have, uh, we have proper conservation techniques have now completely um, 
altered and, and poisoned. Yeah. And now these are the people. People protecting Tunis are now on the streets protecting the biggest whale of all, <laughs> Donald Trump. Yeah, and just to I mean, pull out just a little bit, the reason we're even talking about this is because Trump was basically deliberating on whether or not he should invoke the Insurrection Act. Yes. Which would uh, allow him to uh, engage and, act- and activate the active U.S. military to basically stomp out at all of your friends and family that are protesting right now yes. on the streets. Um, he went to the Rose Garden uh, that same day he did his like weird Bible thumping thing. It was absolutely pathetic that Rose that was he, that, he, that Rose Garden. It's no longer the Rose Garden right. because all the roses died. That's right. That's how toxic the speech was that Donald Trump gave to the nation, which he never speaks to the nation. He's not smart enough. His mind is not expanded enough. He does not understand the role of being a president, and he still hasn't. And I wish that he would have learned, but unfortunately, he seems to just get dumber and dumber and wind, uh, whittle down. His number of support both in the country and in the White House, which is why we're seeing the head of the DEA, who has literally been there for about four days. So if you miss this Rose Garden speech, uh, it was basically Trump. Well, it's four minutes. You can watch it on an Instagram. But he uh, he used the word dominate. He wants he wants governors to dominate the people on the streets. And he said he made the explicit threat. If the governors do not dominate these people. He will invoke the Insurrection Act, which will then uh, have soldiers on the streets, uh, I guess, gunning people down. Um, and it, it's funny. I mean, it's not funny. It's uh, during this speech is when uh, his secret thug goons were gassing people at Lafayette yes. Square. His his um, George Clooney Bane. I believe that was George Clooney's Batman. That's right. Where they had the juiced up Bane. That's right. So he actually has two people in his council that do not want him to invoke the Insurrection Act. That is actually Secretary of Defense Mark Esper and Barr actually is against him using it because I think it he Barr thinks that it is uh, unnecessary because of all of these secret police that could be activated any moment without making a big scene. So for anyone that said, oh, maybe... Uh Maybe A.G. Barr was, maybe that was for a good reason. No, this man came out of the White House. He oversaw the police lineup. He knew exactly what was going to happen. He oversaw the uh, every agency that now he believes are his own militia to be used at his own chubby will and his own chubby whim. Barr is complicit in everything wrong with the Trump administration, and he also must be held accountable. You mentioned uh, General Mattis. General Mattis has come out and... Well, that's why I think Secretary uh, of Defense Mark Esper does... He's unlike Barr. He's been shamed into uh, not supporting the Insurrection Act because Mattis put out a giant uh, open letter. And again, this is a man, General Mattis, his nickname... Mad Dog. (laughs) A man with the nickname Mad Dog is... (laughs) Mad Dog 2020, uh, Mattis. Mad Dog 2020, but instead of throwing uh, throwing up in a car, he's giving you a foot massage. It's a it's a strange kind of drunk these days. This is what he had to say. Just a snippet of what he said about Donald Trump. He said he tries to divide us. We are witnessing the consequences of three years without keyword mature leadership. Of course, Trump responded in a very immature way. And as you can imagine, he also said Donald Trump is the first president in my lifetime 
and he's not as he's he's older than the, he's combined age of Travis and myself. So that means something. Donald Trump is the first president in my lifetime who does not try to unite the American people. He does not even pretend to try. So I guess if you're Trump, you could say, at least I'm honest. At least he's honest about um, not being concerned of having but I think, a country uh, that is united because he believes his election chances are greater if the country is indeed divided. But I think Esper received that message loud and clear that if you support soldiers coming into U.S. cities and using the in using American cities as quote unquote battle spaces, yep. then you will be uh, forever remembered as being on the wrong side of history. I freaking hope and so. And then Barr, you know, he says, unless you know, they, we don't even have to do it. We can use our secret police. Unless they have the ability to write the history, and I really hope that that doesn't happen. So what we saw in D.C., uh, this is according to a Bloomberg report, uh, there was 3,000 law enforcement officers. It represents a tiny sliver of the government's armed agents and officers. So you saw what 3,000 officers can do to a peaceful protest in Washington, D.C. Kudos to the D.C. mayor. Uh, she has put the um, she has put the words Black Lives Matter on the street uh, painted. Uh, she has a street sign, Black Lives Matter. Sadly, she doesn't have a lot of power because it's not a recognized yeah, state. Yeah, she doesn't even have, <laughs> she has no control over the police. She there. really has, yeah, she, she no control Literally over the no police. Control. Um, this is all she she can do um, so kudos to her for for doing the best that she can uh, we need that's a whole nother conversation I believe that DC deserves voting rights it's not um, a coincidence that the population is uh, very diverse and a, a large percentage of that diversity being African-American that is not a coincidence so it only took 3,000 officers to quell a peaceful protest in DC and again we have 132,000 civilian law enforcement officers from all over the place. FBI, That's ATF, Secret Service, <laughs> DEA, and CBP are just the ones we know. And as you heard, uh, don't forget about the uh, those the, the office. Don't forget about the government publishing office, please, and the Department of Homeland Security's Federal Protective Police, and of course, the Bureau of Engraving and Printing Police, because it sounds cute, but they'll shoot your ass. You just said a sentence that that highlights the absurdity of the moment you said 3000 soldiers is all it took to quell a peaceful protest that is really what's happening right now is we're having to stomp out peaceful protests with thousands of armed soldiers uh in the form of police officers why are we why are we doing this also uh you might not know this and i'm getting this information from a great political article and we're just sort of uh, please read the entire article i'll give you the uh, i'll give you the uh, headline here in a second not a lot of tourists know this, but when you go to the National Gallery of Art, of course, that is where they house some of the most famous artwork in the world. It has a uh, apparently tucked away above its uh, rotunda, above its central rotunda. You know what's there? Uh, it's a sh it's a firing range, a shooting range. Yeah. So when you go to the National Gallery of Art, if you happen to hear a couple of clicks, a couple of bullets flying, don't worry about it. There's not uh, someone trying to steal. There's no art heist. Uh, it's just them practicing to shoot you in the head. If you look at the Abe Lincoln uh, top hat, um, stovepipe hat, thank you, yeah. for too long. <laughs> so it is unbelievable. Yeah, they got Mona Lisa tucked away in a, in a firing range, and they're just like putting one between her eyes. Maybe. Her, her peaceful, her peaceful uh, half smile. It's just when you think of the Nat National Gallery of Art, you don't think, 
oh, this would be a great place for a shooting range. And so when we talk about systemic violence, when we talk about the militarization of everyone that's involved in law enforcement right now, look no further. National Gallery of Art is the home to a frickin' shooting range. It feels like... Hopefully that shooting range can become part of the exhibit one day, and we can walk up there and be like, what? They used to practice shooting civilians right above uh, a a wonderful statement uh, by Martin Luther King about the Constitution or, or, you know, um, John Locke's incredible theories on governance. Like they used to just practice shooting people. Very interesting juxtaposition. You know, we're, we're, you know, as the last podcast people were so fascinated with the idea of like, oh, MK Ultra and like, oh, what what, what is the word that's going to turn them into a, a killing machine? We have secret police tucked away in so many different parts of our country and like you don't really know when they're going to be activated i'm looking at this uh, article beware the u.s education department swat team jeez and this is a this is a story about a uh, a guy uh it's 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 head is nicholas cruz yes and so he is this guy who worked in uh, the education department of some of uh, some agency he was uh, suspected of sort of misallocating funds, and at 6 a.m. one day, armed, basically plainclothes cops came in and uh, pointed weapons in his face, and he didn't know who they were. And I mean, this is uh, reminiscent of Breonna Taylor, right? Who the same thing happened to. They, they, they would sus- have been 27. They suspected that she had drugs, which there were no drugs, and they busted in as plainclothes cops and, and shot her. She was an EMT future future nurse. Unbelievable. Uh, also, if you see something, this is uh, this was spotted in northern Virginia in white marked patrol vehicles labeled only as United States police. Now, this is purposely completely broad, completely vague. It's the public game. It's the public name given to what is formerly known as the CIA's Security Protective Services. Now, this is according to one enforcement officer. One agent um, said, and this uh, he said, according to this article, that he was only half joking. He said, we can't arrest you, but we can kill you uh, because that is how the laws are written. They don't have power to arrest, but they do have power to murder. So please read this article for more. It's the story behind Bill Barr's unmarked federal agents. It is a Politico article. Politico has done some really good work uh, covering these things. Well worth the read. Not too long. It's about a 10 minute read, maybe. And um, yeah, just get more information because the more information we have, the more we can tell our Tell our leaders what we want. When you call, when you call your local house representatives, when we call your state representatives, when you call these people, talk about that. Talk about these. Uh, talk about the fact that we have militias um, that are mowing down people. I don't care if it's rubber bullets. A rubber bullet goes into your temple. You're a goner. I don't care if it's, they say, oh, it's just pepper spray. All that. All of that stuff is very serious. All of this stuff can kill you. Again, especially. We are in uh, the middle of a dangerous phenomenon going on with coronavirus. Coughing in people's faces, probably not the best thing to do. Um, but anyway. And uh, I also just want to make the point, these agencies, uh, the, the numerous ag- agencies that we listed that have cops, that have their own uh, police sort of outfits, these are not agencies that were like, these people are not, uh, the people that lead them are not voted in. These no. are like these are like appointees yes. who are controlling entire squadrons of gun-toting 
guys. Yes. And, uh, you know, what, what was one of them is, uh, I forget the agency itself, but uh, the leader of it is like four days into the job, basically. That would be for the DEA. The DEA, yeah. yeah has this has this like this entire platoon of, of cops at his command, and he's been there for 40. I, you I think can't I read a thing where he, a, he actually doesn't know how to get to his office. Like, he, you can't even become a manager at McDonald's that fast, let alone should you be able to become. Uh, the head of the DEA, and that is why Trump's only going with people that agree with him policy is really be- beginning, if not uh, concluding, the finish of this country. Like we are, this is four more years of Trump. Can we cannot do it because it's only going to get worse, and we're seeing the exact same arc of every single thing that Trump has ever done. When he opened up the casino in AC, that shit was booming. Everything was great. Two, three years in, oh, all of a sudden, uh, he's getting into a bit of trouble. And what did he do? Fucked over every single investor. In this case, it will be voter and dipped the hell out. Yeah. And that's exactly what he's planning on doing here. Uh, it's just, it's the DNA of the man. The man is a total uh, epic failure. And I am excited for him to uh, hopefully one day uh, be in prison. So and I'm just thinking of just if you're on the street protesting and it comes to this point, which would you prefer? You know, like it, it's an ugly decision to have to make. It's like, which would you prefer to see somebody marked as a soldier who is there to stop you or an a plainclothes guy who was sent out by some faceless appointee yeah. who thinks he's Chuck Norris? Well, who would you rather be arrested by? That's the good question because, let's see here, who do we have? We have so many fun people that can arrest you. If I have to be arrested by anyone, I'm thinking, let's see, the, the Smithsonian Office of Protective Services. I like the Smith, uh, Smithsonian officer. Maybe they have a little bit more insight into like, like history and cultural, stuff. Cultural, um, yeah, I don't sophisticated. Know. Postal police would be super boring. I mean, who wants that? Amtrak police, no, I, I can't be dealing with it. Maybe the National Gallery of Art police, maybe that would be fun to be detained by because they might have a cool piece of art in the in the detention cell. Maybe I don't know. Maybe like the Gray's Papaya Police. I oh want a little God. little sauerkraut. <laughs> oh, now you're talking my language. All right, everyone, be safe uh, and uh, stay vigilant. Stay on top of everything, um, please. D- oh, I, I do just want to mention about the bricks thing. We kind of we kind of blazed over it. The bricks thing is real. I mean, if uh, yeah, we talked about it. Well, one of the pieces of information that I wanted to impart to people is that. Uh, one of the more uh, visible videos of of these police with the bricks uh, piled up, that is in Avenue X in in Brooklyn, which is a super super far part of like on the outskirts of Brooklyn where you have a lot of older conservative folks where protests are not happening. So you so what what are these what are these bricks being piled up there for by do you think Antifa is protesting in Sheepshead Bay uh, and then like Honestly, putting, they putting bricks be. out there at, at four in the morning? So, exactly. I mean, it's just there. It's so evident to me. Believe your eyes. Believe what you see. That's that's it. Believe what you hear and believe what you see, because right now we're seeing what we're seeing. We're hearing what we're hearing. And then they're telling us that we did not hear and we did not see. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Hope you are going just be safe. Uh, and, you know, we can stay positive because there is the one positive thing happening now is people are paying attention and they couldn't be paying attention at a better time. Don't, November yeah. is right around the corner. I know there's some imperfection with with both options, but we let's just 
we got to remember Trump has to go. I can't do, we cannot, this is only going to get worse. But anyway, we will continue to talk about this on next week's and episode. Don't let this moment pass. Incorporate all these values that you suddenly are finding within yourself. Incorporate that into your daily life. Sure. Don't let this be a flash in the pan. Absolutely. Uh, it's a uh, interesting journey to go down once you really start seeing how we are the land of the free, yet we have more people incarcerated than any other place in the world. Okay, everyone, be safe. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and Sirius XM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and Sirius XM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost.